The views expressed in this podcast are the views and ideas of said individuals only. They do not necessarily represent the views, beliefs or attitudes of the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland, or CSI. In addition, the referral to any products, services, directions or advice by any parties at this event does not necessarily constitute an endorsement of any kind by ORCSI. Hi everyone, welcome back to Derm Chat. My name is Laura, I am this year's Dermatology Society Vice President and today I will be discussing acne. What is acne, why does it occur and the treatment options available? Acne vulgaris is one of the most common dermatological conditions, affecting up to 80% of teenagers. We all refer to acne vulgaris as our pimples, zits or spots, but acne vulgaris is an inflammatory disease of the pilosebaceous unit, which is a term used to describe the hair follicle and sebaceous gland. Areas where acne most commonly affects are the chest, face and back, and having acne during your teenage years can have a significant impact on one's quality of life, leading to issues with self-esteem or self-confidence. This can have a lasting effect on a person's mental health, especially if the acne is resulting in scarring. The development of acne is multifactorial and has been linked to hormonal changes that occur naturally during puberty, also known as adrenarch, resulting in excess androgens. Androgens promote the production of sebum, PCOS is commonly linked to acne vulgaris in female patients due to the abnormality in androgen production and may present as lower facial or jawline acne, hirsutism and thinning of hair. Females also report cyclical changes in their acne which relate to their menstrual cycle. Other factors which have been shown to exacerbate acne are stress, high glycemic diets, certain medications such as steroids, lithium and testosterone and oil-based skin or shaving products. Acne is a clinical diagnosis and the presentation can vary in severity. Non-inflammatory acne involves open and closed comedones. Inflammatory acne refers to papules, pustules, nodules and cysts. A comedone is a small bump on the skin, usually containing sebum, bacteria and cellular debris. An open comedone is commonly referred to as a blackhead and a closed comedone is known as a whitehead. A papule is a solid raised lesion less than one centimetre in diameter. A pustule is a pus-containing lesion. A nodule is a solid raised lesion less than one centimetre in diameter with a deeper component. An assist is a papular nodule that contains fluid or debris and may have an obvious punctum. Acne in clinical trials is broken down into mild, moderate and severe, based on the number of comedones, inflammatory lesions or the total lesion count. This grading is not commonly used in clinical practice and the most important thing to determine in acne is if scarring is present or not. Acne can be managed with topical agents such as topical retinoids, combination of topical retinoids with antibiotics or benzoyl peroxide. Oral therapies such as tetracycline antibiotics which have anti-inflammatory effects on the skin or oral hormonal therapies for female patients or medications such as isotretinoin which is vitamin A which can be used for nodulocystic scarring acne or acne that has been refractory to other therapies. When thinking about managing acne, it is important to consider the underlying process in order to ensure effective treatment. Number one, increase sebum production, often due to excess androgens, as I discussed. Number two, blocked pore or pilosebaceous follicle can occur due to increased sebum. Inside the blocked pore, the hair follicle also becomes trapped, leading to a keratin plug. Number three, pore blockage can lead to inflammation of the gland. And number four, Excess cutaneous bacteria overgrowth can exacerbate the blocked pilosebaceous follicle. For this reason, dermatologists often aim their treatment at managing sebum production, pore blockage, inflammation and cutaneous bacteria. Step 1. 
Unblock the pores by using products such as a Daplin or Tretinoin that removes the keratin plug. Step 2. Settle any underlying inflammation with tetracycline antibiotics such as doxycycline or limacycline. Step 3. Treatment of excess bacterial colonization with doxycycline and benzyl peroxide, which has antibacterial effects. Step 4. Inhibit sebum production and reduce pore blockage with isotretinoin. Isotretinoin can only be prescribed by a consultant dermatologist as it must be followed up and is also teratogenic. Other factors that should be considered are the use of the combined oral contraceptive pill in women to help regulate the hormonal cycle and to have anti-androgenic effects, therefore reducing sebum production. Females on isotretinoin need to be on two forms of effective contraception. Spironolactone is also used in female patients, however should be avoided in pregnancy, but one does not have to take contraception in advance of taking spironolactone. Hormonal acne during pregnancy can occur and unfortunately treatment options during this time are limited, so it is important to seek the advice of a dermatologist in regard to the treatment options during this time. Topical erythromycin, azelaic acid and only certain antibiotics are safe to use during pregnancy. If acne is not dealt with properly, it can lead to post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation and or scarring of the face, chest and upper back, including hypertrophic and keloid scarring. I hope this helped you learn some more information about what acne is, why it occurs and some of the treatment options available. Further information about acne can be found by listening to the Dermatology SOS podcast by this year's education advisor, consultant dermatologist Professor Nikki Ralph and Professor Katrina Ryan.